Good morning, everybody. Welcome. So good to be with you. Good to see you here today. If you are new with us here at Mountain Park or you are new with us over the past few weeks, my name is Alan, and I'm thrilled to be with you here today. I typically take a teaching break in the month of July. I still work in July, but I take a break from Sunday mornings, and so it's very refreshing for me, and I enjoy being able to do that. I didn't take a total break from, teach, uh, break from teaching, however. I was invited to speak at the Western Canadian Church of God camp meeting in Western Canada, up in Alberta, which is where I'm from, and so it was an honor to go there, to be there, uh, but I had to speak a number of times. It was a five-day event, and I spoke eight times. Uh, and so I don't know why anyone would want to listen to me that many times, but that's just what it was. And uh, so this is where I grew up. This is actually the camp that I went to as a kid. And so it was interesting to walk around and go into some rooms, and, and they were way smaller than I remember them being uh, from when I was a kid. And so I hadn't been there for many, many years, 20, 25 years or so, so uh, maybe 30 years. But it was great. It was a good time to be there. It was interesting, though, while I was there, uh, you know, I knew a lot of the people from when I was a kid, and, and they weren't all that interested in being challenged by me as a speaker. They were a little bit more interested in just hearing what little Alan had to say, as you can imagine. Uh, but it was a great time. It was a great time to be out of Phoenix. Uh, you know, weather-wise, it was beautiful up there in Western Canada. And, and again, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to take a teaching break in July. Uh, but I am excited about jumping in uh, here this morning about getting back to three services, waking up earlier on Sunday morning, yes, and uh, excited to jump into a new series here today. You might be wondering, what is this series? Why does it say tick uh, on the stage here? And no, we're not doing a series on the superhero, uh, the tick. Um, does, can anyone identify what this looks like kind of style-wise, kind of the color and the font and this red circle on the front? What, does it remind you of anything? TED Talks. I heard somebody else say TED Talks is very popular messages that are online, and they're ideas worth sharing, which is what uh, the TED Talks are all about. For these next five weeks, we're not doing TED Talks. We're doing TikToks. We're talking about time. You get it? Okay. So we're talking about time throughout this series. TikToks, TikTok, TikTok. Time worth spending. Time is this gift that God has given us, and we have a limited amount of it. There's a certain amount of time that we get, and the issue is not how much time do we get. The issue is what are we doing with the time that we have? And so there are some times in life where we feel like we have an abundance of time. Some moments we think, oh, I got lots of time. And then there are other times, probably more often than the first one, where we feel like we're a shortage of time or we want more time. And so what we're going to be talking about here in this series is the value, the importance of time, this gift from God, because God cares very deeply what you and I do with our time. So let's take a moment and pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for all the effort that it takes for us to gather here in this room and, and bring our kids and get them set up and whatever it might take. We, we have a lot of other things we could be doing on a Sunday morning, and yet this time has been set up for us to gather here in this space. I thank you for the attention that, that each of us has toward you here in this space. We want to hear from you we want to use our time well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Well, the time of the calendar year is that summer is over. The heat is not over, but the summer is over. And so for how many of you did, 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 this past week, did it just feel like, where did the summer go? I mean, I, and if not for you, very likely for your kids who are either in the room or somewhere else here in the building, they just thought, where did my summer go? Or if you're a teacher or you're in education, you're thinking, where did my summer go? Because here we are, and the school year is back on. How many times in life do we feel like time just just goes? It's just gone. We look back, and where did this past year go? Where did this past month go? Whatever. That time seems to just zoom. Time is just this thing. Sometimes it goes fast. Sometimes it goes slow. Tammy and I, periodically, we think back to what life was like before we had kids. And so we just wonder, what did we do with all of that time? You think about all the time that is spent helping kids and, and talking with them and doing homework and making extra food and cleaning up after them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so where, what did we do with all that extra time we had? And then I think about, what about the time that I had before I was married? What did I do with all of that time? How did I not learn three or four other languages? during that time? How did I not build my own home with a hammer and a dull saw? How did I not just take care of things? What, it's so fascinating how the time thing just seems to be elusive. Now, whatever stage you're in, whether you're a, a student and, uh, uh, and you've got the school time or college or you have, you're single or you're married and you don't have kids or you have kids or your kids have grown and moved on, whatever stage of life you're at, one thing I'm confident many of us have in common is this idea of not having enough time. Whatever stage you're in, whatever's going on, it just feels like I don't have enough time to do what I want. I don't have enough time to pour into that relationship. I just wish I had more time to prepare for that presentation. I wish I had more time to get more things done in a day, to study for that test, to uh, travel, time to spend time with the people who are most important in our lives. This thing we have in common is this desire for more time. But the reality is we don't get more time. We all get a certain amount of time, and it doesn't matter how wealthy you are, how successful you are, you can't buy more time. So the issue, once again, is not how much time do you have. You have a limited number of minutes in your life God knows how many minutes those are. You can't, you can't add to that number. The question is, what can you do with your time? And so the issue pops up all the time is, of, of, of have, I, have I used my time well? Have I used my time wisely? Does it feel like time has been taken away from you? I know periodically on a Sunday morning after one of my messages, there are a number of people who sometimes think, I'll never get that 30 minutes back. I've kind of sensed that from you and heard it in emails elsewhere. I'll never get that time back. It's gone, gone forever. And so, so the issue is, what do we do with your time? You, you have gathered here in this space, and we have an hour together here in this space. And I want you to know that we take it very seriously that we gather here in this space together. That's, this is why we have a clock here. It says 35 minutes. It's kind of this menacing, looming clock that's going to be there throughout the whole series that just says, we have taken time uh, together here. We have hours that have been invested into this time so that we can gather, and our hope is that it is a meaningful hour for you and your family. 
that uh, what we pray about and what we prep for is that this moment here is not just getting through an hour, but that this is a valuable hour. Because once again, God cares very deeply what we do with our time. So let's look into our first uh, section of scripture that we're going to look at in this series. And it's written by a guy named Paul. Paul wrote most of the letters in our New Testament. The, the Bible is divided up into the Old Testament, which is two-thirds of the Bible, and then the New Testament, which is the final third of the Bible. And Paul wrote many letters to churches to encourage them, to teach them about Jesus. This was in a world uh, not long after Jesus had ascended into heaven, and they were trying to figure out what does it mean to be a follower of Christ. They were trying to figure this out, and Paul was one of their greatest leaders and one of the greatest writers who was trying to help them out with this stuff. He wrote a letter to a church in a city called Ephesus, and so as a result, the name of that letter is called Ephesians. So we're looking at that here today, Ephesians chapter 5. If you have your Bible or have access to an electronic Bible, I encourage you to take a look at it and uh, follow us here this morning, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. Halfway through verse 14, Paul says this, he says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. Wake up, sleeper. <laughs> wake up. You're missing it. That time, hours are, are slipping away and you're missing it. You're missing some of the opportunities that are set before you. You are using your time in ways that are missing what is best for you. Wake up. Don't just go the rest of your life like the walking dead and Christ will shine on you. This is actually in reference to the verses prior to verse 14, where Paul's talking about the difference between living in the dark versus living in the light, that sometimes we just kind of close our eyes and, and, and we can live, experience the darkness, or we can let the light of Christ shine in our lives as, as disturbing as that light can be sometimes. We might want areas of our life to remain dark, but the idea is let the light of Christ shine in that area, even in those disrupting areas, and let that light open your eyes and let you live in the light. So let the light of Christ shine on you every hour of your day. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity. I love that phrase, make the most of every opportunity. This is how uh, the NIV translates this phrase. This phrase literally, however, means, this, this concept, make the most of every opportunity, literally what it means is redeem the time. Redeem the time that you have access to. In fact, if you have other versions, other translations of the New Testament in front of you, this phrase is translated often, redeem the time. So, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, uh, but as wise, redeeming the time. So what does it mean to redeem something? Redemption is about, is about uh, giving something its full value, is about returning the full value of something. Here is a picture of redemption you might be familiar with. Where did you find that? Some kid back in town traded the van for it straight up I can get 70 miles to the gallon on this hog you know Lloyd just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber you go and do something like this 
and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> Still want to go to Aspen? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go, buddy. <laughs> that is a minute well spent, I'm telling you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your opinion of that movie is. That is a minute well spent. I can 70 miles per gallon on this hog. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. And totally redeem yourself. We, we sometimes use the concept of redeem in, in, our, in our culture, and we redeem coupons or whatever. And even in a movie like that, you know, you, you redeem yourself. But this idea of redemption is a very spiritual concept, very spiritual term. And the idea is essentially that we, we take something. Redemption is taking something that is broken, something that is lost, something that here in the movie's case is dumb, something that is not as it should be, and restoring it to its full value, restoring it to what it should be, what it, what it could have been, etc. Redemption is bringing it to its full value. And this is a major theme throughout God's story, throughout the Bible story. You go back into the book of Genesis, in the, in the famous story of Joseph, the one with the, with the technicolor dream coat, right? With the multicolored uh, coat who, is, who is, uh, makes his brothers jealous of the attention that their father gave to Joseph. And so the brothers are so jealous that they trade Joseph in to be a slave in Egypt. And they, they want to kill him, but they end up deciding to just trade him, him in. And eventually, you know the story, he goes into Egypt and, and his family and his brothers have very difficult times and they actually need to go to Egypt and get help from their brother, not even knowing who Joseph is. Just this incredible story. And in the end of that story, Joseph, after tears had been shed on both sides, Joseph says, what you intended as harm God used for good. That's what he ended up saying to his brothers. You intended it to be harmful, but God used all of this thing, this whole story, for something good. That's redemption. It's something that was heading in a wrong direction, something that is broken, that what God so often does is he turns it into something beautiful. And we see not long after that, we find the story of Moses, and they are in slavery in Egypt. And God says through Moses, says to the people, says, I will redeem you from slavery. That's that whole crossing the Red Sea and that whole story of Exodus from Egypt led by Moses is all kind of centered around God saying, I will redeem you from slavery. Oftentimes, historically and biblically, the concept of redemption is connected to slavery. It's, it's, it's precisely this idea of buying someone back their, from slavery, taking someone from slavery to freedom. We see that in the Joseph story. We see that in the Moses story. And we see that in the Jesus story. This concept of redemption is so powerful for those of us who would call ourselves Christians, for those of us who would call ourselves followers of Christ, because the message of Christ is a redemption story. That Jesus says in the New Testament, essentially what the story is, is saying, you are in bondage. You are in slavery because of your sin. And Jesus gives his life to pay the penalty for our sins so that we can be free. It is a redemption story. Jesus saying, you are slaves, and I will give the price of my life for you to experience freedom. Now, Paul says... 
Make the most of every opportunity, which literally means redeem time. So how does this concept of redemption, restoring something to, for its, to its full value, how does that connect with time? How do we redeem time? How do we do that? What, what does time have to do with slavery? Have you ever felt like you were a slave to time? Have you ever felt as if your experience with time, this precious commodity, was an experience where you didn't have control? where you had to put a certain number of minutes, a certain number of hours, a certain number of days, a certain number of your years into something, and you felt trapped. It's the idea of believing that you were in bondage at work to saying, I have to work 80 hours a week. Well, why is that? You know, we have a conversation about that. I said, no, you just don't understand. I have to work 80 hours a week, whether I want to or not in order to please my boss, in order to keep my job, in order to keep the lifestyle that me and my family have grown accustomed to, I have to work 80 hours a week. Or maybe there are other versions of that. I have to be on my phone for a certain amount of time. I have to be on my phone for X number of time before I go to bed. I have to connect with other people in this way. I have to, or I won't have any friends. Or I have to be a participant in some other activity, that every Saturday morning I have to play this game or do this sport or do some sort of activity, whether I want to or not, and it takes six hours, but I have to. It's just a mandatory thing. I have to clean the house in a certain way. I have to cook in a certain way. I have to work out in a certain way. Otherwise, I can't, I can't, I can't exist. You ever feel like you're a slave to time, that there are chunks of your day that you don't have control over, that somebody else or something else or society or culture has control over? If so, then I just want to say, you're not a slave to time. You're not a slave to time. You can do whatever you want with your time. And this is important for it. Now, unless, of course, you're doing time, then you have limitations. You have physical, metallic limitations in terms of where you might be able to go. But even then, you still get to decide what you're thinking about and how you use your time there. Sometimes we feel like we are enslaved by time, that we are trapped in some way that our days happen, that our weeks happen. And I just want to say as we launch into this series and just say, you can redeem the time. I know it can be very complicated in some areas of our lives, but you can do whatever you want with your time. You are free to use your time how you want. Paul says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise. So let's make wise decisions. You are free to use your time wisely. Are you using this precious commodity of time wisely? The way I see it, there are three different ways that we can use an hour. Three different ways. We, we get an hour here on Sunday morning, and uh, again, my hope is that this is an important hour for you and your family, but whether it's this hour or the next hour or whatever hour throughout this week, you and I can do three different things with our hour. We can do damage with that hour, we can waste that hour, or we can build something. It's just, it's just that simple. First of all, we can do damage. And what that means is, is with, with that chunk of time, whether it's a whole hour or a portion of an hour, we can hurt ourselves or hurt someone else. We can do damage with that hour. We can knock something down. We can destroy something. That's 
what scripture refers to as immorality. That God has designed a way for us to live, the way for us to love God and love others and love ourselves. And when we live outside of that, when we live hours that are immoral, we do damage. That's what God, God understands our hearts, understands how things work, and he says, I don't want you to do damage with your hours. And so this is the, the time that we spend caught in uh, pornography or in extramarital affairs or in addictions or in just in ways, minutes and hours where we destroy something in our lives or in the lives of other people. These are times when we do damage and we know it. We, we know it. We rarely walk away from damaging hours and wonder whether or not that was, a, that was a good idea. Most often, because of how God designed us and how beautifully consistent God is, we walk away from damaging hours and we go, okay, that, that doesn't feel right. Somebody got hurt. Something doesn't, just doesn't feel right. It's heartbreaking in the kingdom of God how many people who are followers of Jesus do incredible damage with hours of their lives. Represented here in this room, we are, many of us here, most of us here are pursuing God. That's why we're here. And yet, unfortunately, we still do damage with so many minutes of our days and hours of our weeks. And it's heartbreaking to the one who knows us and loves us and wants us to break free from that. A second thing we can do with an hour is we can waste it. We can just, just, just waste it away. And uh, this is basically saying this, this priceless commodity of time, we take it and we just, we just flush it down the toilet. It's just, it's just gone. I'm not talking about, about resting or sleeping or uh, enjoying life. Those are all great things, and we're going to talk about those more in the rest of this series, and those can be valuable times. I'm talking about simply accomplishing nothing, that you don't get rested out of it. It's just, it's just time that is just gone. It is vaporized, and nothing good came out of it. Those times where at the end of an hour, at the end of a chunk of time, we just go, nothing moved forward. Nothing is better because of what just happened there. It's, it's watching all seven seasons of a show on Netflix that you've already watched. How many of you know someone who's done that? Okay, not you. I know it's not you, but yeah, you know someone who's done that. Okay, it's just this idea of just, I'm taking this commodity and I'm just, it's just like I'm just trying to get through the hour, get through the day. We can do damage with an hour, we can waste an hour, or thirdly, we can build something. We can take that hour and at the end of it, we can say something is better, something is more, something has moved forward. This is what we mean by redeeming time. Taking this time that we feel trapped by or enslaved by and having something productive, something beautiful, something better that comes as a result of it. It's building something out of the time. What we want to do with this series is just remind you, kind of trickle remind you to not waste time but to utilize time, to build something with it. So that's why we have up here, we're, we're gonna have this thing that says just time to do something, that during worship, are you during the songs just going, okay, how many more do we have? Or is there, or is that what we wanna do as a reminder up there to say, this song is about being fearless. 
So this song is a time for you to think about being fearless in some area of your life. May we use this song and the emotion of the song and the power of the song for something meaningful. May we build something in our lives. May we use this time to surrender, use this time to praise, whatever. We wanna um, remind you of intentionality here in this hour that hopefully flows into intentionality for other hours throughout the week, that we can build something throughout the hours of our days. That at the end of that hour, something is more, something is bigger, something's better, something has moved forward, some relationship has improved, some memory has been made, something is better. When we do damage with an hour, we move backwards. When we waste an hour, we just kind of remain idle. You know, in our relationship with God, we never just stay somewhere, we're always moving, we're always shifting, moving. Any given hour, you're either moving towards God or away from God. So wasting time, you're not just staying put. You're just, at best, you're holding steady. But building something, that's moving forward. That's moving in the direction that God has for us. This is what our mission statement is all about. Inviting the distracted and disinterested. That's you and I at some points in our lives. Distracted and disinterested. That's the damage hours and the wasting hours to realize their role in God's story to build something with the gifts and the tools that God's given you and the resources that God has for you, for us, that we can realize what our role is here in our families, in our communities, our church, our city, and around the world. Build something. My birthday is in the month of July, so I celebrated my birthday recently, and in our family, the way we do birthdays is you get to do whatever you want with that day. Birthdays are good in our home. You can eat whatever you want at whatever restaurant you want within reason. I mean, there's a price cap there. But, but you, get, you get to decide uh, all three meals for the day on your birthday. You can do whatever you want with whomever you want. And so on your birthday, if you just want to be alone, that's fine. If you want to be with the family, if you want to be with friends or whatever, it's your birthday. We are here to help you enjoy your day in whatever you want. And so for my birthday recently, we went to a restaurant and I went there because I knew they had good desserts for birthdays. And so I, I wanted to go to this restaurant with my family and we went and there was a young lady who was a manager who came up to our table and we shared with her that it's my birthday and, and she asked me a question. It's, her question surprised me and my response to her question surprised me. She came up to her table and I was sitting down and she just came up and said, oh, she said, she said, how old are you? And I just thought, why? That's a weird question. You're not supposed to ask that. I don't care if people know how old I am. I'm not worried about that kind of thing. I'm 33 and, and <laughs> I don't care if people know that kind of information. I don't get uptight about that stuff at all, but it was just still weird. It's just, she's not supposed to ask that. And so what I wanted to say to her was, how much do you weigh? Uh, that's what I wanted to say. But if I said that, I would have done damage. I, that would have been damaging minutes. So I didn't do that. But I did say to my family afterwards, I told them what I wanted to say, and then we laughed, and then we moved forward. But it was just odd for her to ask that. But I can say whatever I want because it's my birthday. And I went to that restaurant because it's my birthday. And I had an overwhelming feeling on my birthday because I knew my birthday was coming up. What do I want to do with my birthday? And I had this feeling, and I don't think it was connected to this message. It was just kind of this independent feeling that I had at the time. I wanted on my birthday to build something. 
I just, as, as the day was coming, coming closer, I just thought, I want to build something on my, on my day. I often kind of waste time on my birthday with some pleasure stuff. I just wanted, I just want to build something. I just want to, I don't know if it's a Lego set or a model or something in the backyard or just take pieces of wood and screw them together. I don't know. I just want to build something. And that's what I ended up doing. One of my boys was available, and he and I went out in the, to, the, to, to this area, to the side of the house that had been neglected for quite some time. And, and so we went there, and we moved over a ton of dirt and rocks in the heat of the, of the day there in July, and the sun was relentless on that day, and it felt awesome. It just felt incredible to just kind of high-five and drink uh, water and lemonade and celebrate afterwards. I, I wanted to build something. We set up this area for a new area for our bikes, et cetera, on the side of the house there. And it just, there's something special about maximizing an hour or two or three. You know what I'm saying? There's something that just feels great about saying, I accomplished something. I built something. I moved the needle forward in life. I think sometimes we get work and play messed up a little bit because oftentimes work is, is the bad thing and play is the good thing. Work is the thing we tolerate so that we can play. And play is the thing that we work toward. <laughs> we tolerate the work thing so that we can play. As Loverboy said, everybody's working for the weekend. <laughs> Sorry if that missed the number of you there, but... But this idea of work and play, work bad, play good. What if, what if there's a very real sense that we've got those two mixed up a little bit and we have connected them to the wrong things? Yes, play is good. I'm a big fan of play. play our hearts need play. Our relationships need play. Huge fan of play. Big fan of play. But I think sometimes our version of play in our culture is wasted hours. Sometimes our version of play is not moving the needle in any way. It's wasted hours. What if work hours truly give us the greatest joy and satisfaction? And I, I don't mean your job work hours. I don't mean the stuff you get paid for. Uh, I'm, I'm not limiting it to the stuff you get paid for, the stuff you have to stick around in traffic for in order to get to and from, etc. I'm talking about those hours, whether they're before work or during work or after work, those hours, or even while you're sleeping, those hours where you're building something, you're accomplishing something. What if what we're supposed to do is identify the most important things in life and then use our hours to build something in those areas? We identify the most important things, the most important people, the most important relationships, and then to say, I'm gonna use my hours to advance something in those areas that are most important. I'm gonna build something in those areas. What if that's how we're supposed to use time? Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time. What that means is you're not a slave to time. The world doesn't get to tell you how to use your time. And I know it's complicated. I know it's complicated with some hours that we have in our day but you are not a slave to time. You get to decide how to use time wisely to damage something, to waste that time, or to build something. So here's my challenge here this morning as we head into this 
five-week series talking about time. How many hours of your life are you willing to shift from damage slash wasting to building something? How many hours this week as you think about how you spend your time right when you get up in the morning or those two hours before you go to bed, how many of those hours are you willing to say, you know what, I'm going to shift from damaging or wasting to building something? And then what we're going to do in the upcoming weeks is we're going to talk, we're going to focus on the building something piece. We're going to focus on in what different ways can we build something in the kingdom and use our time wisely, prioritizing the most important things in life. How many hours are you willing to shift towards building something? Would you bow your heads with me? We'll close. Father in heaven, I thank you for the gift of time. I thank you for the gift of this hour. I pray that it is time well spent. I pray that the hours left in this day and the hours of this upcoming week are time well spent. God, I pray that you would inspire us, you would nudge us, that we would experience your presence in a very significant way with some moments, some minutes, some hours of this week where we make a shift because of your presence that says, I don't want to do damage in this moment. I don't want to waste this opportunity. I want to build something. I want to invest. I want something to be better because of the time that I spent on this. God, would you be with us this week, inspire us, nudge us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have today. That's uh, it's one hour, hopefully well spent. Now it is time to find a group out in the lobby. So go ahead and find a group. Enjoy that experience. We will see you next time. God bless you guys.